Hi, this is Rita Hogan, and welcome to the Dogs Are Individuals podcast. I'm a clinical canine herbalist, and I've been practicing for over 20 years. This podcast is all about your dog through an herbal lens. So let's get to it and dive right in. Hi, I'm Rita Hogan. I'm the host of the Dogs Are Individuals podcast. Welcome to a new episode of the podcast. Hey, so my podcast is sponsored by realmushrooms.com. And I spec realmushrooms.com mushrooms in my protocols every week. I carry their products in my store. One of the mushrooms that I think about as we move into fall for dogs and people is cordyceps mushroom. And real mushroom carries the militarious species of the mushroom. It's really wonderful for dogs that are a little more on the cool side. It helps tone the lungs. It helps support the kidneys. And these are two things that we really need as we go into fall. So if you haven't heard about real mushrooms, check them out. Again, realmushrooms.com. And I also carry their dog-related products in my store. We're going to be talking about fall in these next couple of episodes coming up here in October. One of the conditions that you find a lot of in dogs in the fall is pancreatitis. And pancreatitis, it can be quite dangerous and it also can be mild and treated at home. So we're going to kind of go over that today. For those of you that do not know what the pancreas is, it's one of your dog's solid organs and it's found near the abdomen, uh, near the liver and the gallbladder. It's a glandular organ and it secretes enzymes that break down your dog's food and it also helps them assimilate nutrients. I would definitely include it in the digestive system. You know, I teach my students, you know, the liver is a digestive system, the digestive system is the liver. And that really includes the spleen and the pancreas, the gallbladder, the liver, and the gastrointestinal organs. And honorary mentions to the kidneys. You know, in my world uh, as an herbalist, everything is connected. I'm not going to bore you with things like, you know, the types of cells in the pancreas, like alpha, beta, delta cells. What's most important is the function of the pancreas, how it helps with the endocrine system. And also it releases enzymes that help your dog break down food in the small intestine. It also sends out what's called bicarbonate, which brings down the acidity in the small intestine so that the enzymes in there do not eat through your dog's intestinal lining. Super important. Unlike the spleen, your dog cannot live without its pancreas. So when it gets inflamed and it doesn't work as well as it should, it can cause a lot of pain and severe digestive digestive upset. And we don't want that because none of us want our dogs to be in pain. There are basically two types of pancreatitis. One is acute and the other is chronic. So acute pancreatitis is the behemoth that a lot of, like causes a lot of confusion and also a lot of pain. The pain comes from tissue damage. So tissue degradation 
happens from when the pancreas leaks enzymes into the stomach and the small intestine. And it's no fun for your dog because it it's so acidic that it's literally eating like the mucosa of the stomach and the intestine. And we don't really want that. And pancreatitis can also cause, you know, really high levels of inflammation and internal bleeding. It can cause a lack of blood supply. And again, premature cell death because it's run amok. So it's important that if your dog is diagnosed with pancreatitis, that you take action right away. And this usually involves going to your vet and getting a diagnosis and seeing how severe the pancreatic attack is. One thing to make sure of is that whenever you're addressing pancreatitis is that you definitely address the pancreas as well as the gastrointestinal system because as a holistic canine herbalist, dogs are an ecosystem. And when you start to think about them as an ecosystem and all their parts working together, you get a much broader kind of pattern load that you can look at and understand what might be going on at the root cause of your dog's condition, basically. Some dogs are more prone to pancreatitis than others. And this doesn't mean that you're, if you have this breed of dog, your dog is absolutely going to get pancreatitis, but it's good to kind of keep an eye um, out for symptom of, symptoms of pancreatitis and kind of be ready. Uh, I always like to, I always like prevention. I always like kind of like to be at the ready in case my dogs are prone to a certain type of imbalance. Uh, this is not a full list, but some of the dogs that are more prone are dogs like breeds like boxers, spaniels, schnauzers, yorkies, and I think collies are another breed that are more prone to pancreatitis. It's definitely, you know, there can be a genetic component for sure. I think that it's kind of unclear as to like how that manifests in mixed breed dogs. But again, as a holistic canine herbalist, we have to look at the patterns in the body and kind of know our dog, know the breeds that are in our dog if we can take, you know, a good solid guess and kind of look at those genetic expressions of what our dogs might be prone to and kind of be ready. Some things that contribute to pancreatitis, you know, one of the biggest things, and I tend to preach about this for sure, is exercise. Lack of exercise is just endemic in our dogs right now. I, t I say this sentence a lot, but the average American dog gets about 15 minutes of exercise a day if they're lucky. And that, again, is a travesty. We need to get out there. We need to start walking our dogs. You know, age-appropriate exercise, engage them mentally, get them out in the nature. We need nature. We need nature. Our dogs need nature. They need to get outside and breathe fresh air and activate their lungs and activate so many parts of their system just by movement, okay? Just by movement. Another thing that can contribute to pancreatitis is environmental pollution, definitely stress, and exercise helps stress so much. And it helps people with stress. You know, when we clog our bodies with all of this tension and we have nowhere to put it, 
exercise helps get that tension out and it does the same for our dogs. So one of the things that people like the consensus for pancreatitis is that it is associated with the inability to process fats in the diet. And I really contribute this to poor quality fats, soybean oil, canola oil, peanut oil, safflower oil. There's a lot of, uh, you know, non-organic oils, oils that are cooked when they shouldn't be, uh, when they shouldn't be cooked. Poor quality fats can be a huge thing. And also dogs that have an, like have a issue with processing fats and oils in their body. And that definitely can happen. These types of excesses can contribute to low quality pancreatic function. As kind of like someone who sees patterns, it's a much bigger picture than this and not, I mean, a lot bigger for just kind of like ramblings on a podcast, but I kind of want to just go over some of the things that can contribute, kind of make a list and then go over some of the things you guys can do if your dog gets pancreatitis or some of the herbal remedies you can have on hand in case they get pancreatitis. But definitely, if you suspect pancreatitis, bring your dog to the vet and make sure that it's not severe. Because it's, if it's severe, then a lot of pain is involved and they might need sub-Q fluids they might need pain management until things calm down, and they definitely might need the support of your veterinarian. Let's go over a list of some of the causes of pancreatitis. Okay, so get your pencils out. We can, you guys can write this down. We all can participate. Kibble. Kibble is a huge contributor to pancreatitis. One of the reasons why is because it contributes to systemic inflammation and dryness in the dog as ecosystem. And that's something that need, you need to be aware of. If you're feeding kibble, make sure that you're feeding a very high quality kibble. There is a kibble hierarchy. I have a good article about that uh, on my website, canineherbalist.com. Kibble diets, you know, need enzymes. So make sure you're giving a good digestive enzyme. A good like basic enzyme is Dr. Good Pet. That company has a basic digestive enzyme that I like a lot. So make sure you're giving digestive enzymes and adding real food to your dog's kibble diet as much as you can. Circulation of fluids is very important in systemic health and balancing that ecosystem. And kibble can interfere with digestive enzyme function as well as circulating fluids. And that, of course, can contribute to pancreatitis. Like I said a few minutes ago, poor fats, get them out of the diet. Look for the canola, the safflower, the, or the soy oil, non-organic hemp oil. Make sure all your hemp products are organic. It's a super accumulator, which means it sucks toxins out of the soil and you do not want anything that's not organic in the hemp department. Dogs being overweight, huge contributor to pancreatitis. Overeating, feeding your dog too much. And this happens a lot. I know that I have a, a really hard time controlling my mom who loves, loves, loves to feed my dogs all the time. And we've had to have some, had to have basically some sit downs about it. Uh, it doesn't go very well. So I kind of have to police that. But 
When your dogs eat too much at one time, it taxes the liver. And remember, the pancreas and the spleen and the liver and the gastrointestinal tract are all related and dependent on one another. So overfeeding can be a big issue with pancreatitis. Also, excessive grain consumption can cause problems, especially poor quality grains too. I'm not a huge grain fan, but dogs are individuals and some dogs uh, need grain, you know, as part of like a kind of like a nutritional diet. Uh, Usually I only recommend grains temporarily for certain conditions, but it depends on your dog. Again, dogs are individuals. So as I mentioned before, lack of exercise is huge. Vitamin and mineral deficiencies, Assimilation of nutrients can be a big issue here. Autoimmune disease. If your dog has an autoimmune disease, one, deal with the gut. Fix leaky gut. Leaky gut is a huge contributor to autoimmune disease. Cushing's disease, different type of endocrine disorders can cause pancreatitis. Cancer can cause pancreatitis. Thyroid conditions like hypothyroid, Toxic chemicals, high stress, when dogs are stressed out, when they're always on, they're stuck in fight or flight. Different pharmaceuticals like NSAIDs, different types of painkillers, antihistamines, different types of prescription antihistamines can, can put the pancreas on overload and cause pancreatitis. Okay, so what does it look like? Like, how do you know if your dog has pancreatitis? Well, one of the things that I look at is gastrointestinal issues, obvious pain, abdominal discomfort. You know, dogs that are pressing their stomachs along the floor a lot, along with, you could do like back hunching where they hunch up their back, loss of fluid. I would definitely say diarrhea or alternating constipation with diarrhea, nausea, vomiting. If you're pulling blood work, elevated calcium levels can cause pancreatitis. There can be fever associated with it. Definitely dogs that cry out when they're going to the bathroom. That can be pancreatitis, but sometimes it can be something else like a polyp in the, in the intestines. Tiredness, excessive tiredness or lethargy, kind of agitation, your dog not kind of being themselves along with a a few other symptoms may point towards pancreatitis, definitely low appetite or not assimilating nutrients. I'm just thinking heart component here. There are some cardiac components like, you know, rapid heartbeat can be associated with pancreatitis. Downward dog the downward dog pose. Yeah, it's it definitely can initially initiate play, but if your dog is doing it consistently without initiating play, you might want to look at pancreatitis. The issue with pancreatitis is that it can range from just light pancreatitis to very severe pancreatitis. And severe pancreatitis, the body gets highly acidic and enzymes are very, very, very acidic, pancreatic enzymes, and they digest tissues when they're prematurely kind of exported towards the stomach and the small intestine. And we don't want that because again, that leads to internal bleeding and cell death, which can 
lead to organ damage and necrotic tissue, like dead tissue. And that's going to hyperstimulate the immune system as well. So it's kind of like it makes your head spin. And that's why you need the help of your vet. Bring your dog into the vet. If you suspect pancreatitis, see how bad it is. See what your options are and see if home treatment is an option. Acute cases of pancreatitis can really come on pretty quickly. And again, it can be mild. There can be mild symptoms. And a lot of the times they, it is mild. But those severe cases of pancreatitis really do require veterinary care because of the fluid management and also the pain management. We want to manage pain. So that's acute. So chronic pancreatitis. Dogs that get pancreatitis, and usually the symptoms are more on the mild side, but they can cause a lot of complications in your dog's health, uh, having those chronic symptoms. Um, usually, I recommend adding pancreatic enzymes to your dog's diet, and it takes some kind of, I guess I would say, uh, experimentation using the enzymes and finding how much enzymes your dog needs because that's going to help with assimilation of nutrients. And also, speaking of nutrients, um, nutritional imbalances, chronic nutritional imbalances can contribute to chronic pancreatitis conditions. Definitely not assimilating nutrients, which also can be called low absorption. And different endocrine disorders, again, hypothyroid, can predispose your dog to getting chronic pancreatitis symptoms. So, when you support the liver, when you support the pancreas, when you support the gastrointestinal tract and the spleen, you are supporting pancreatic function. Chronic pancreatitis can be asymptomatic. That can be an issue if you're not paying attention to your chronic pancreatic dog. Weakness is one of the things that I tend to look for and things like vomiting consistently, chronic loose stool, loss of appetite. And again, that arch back and that that continuous downward dog position when dogs aren't initiating play. Uh, there also can be a diabetic component when it comes to pancreatitis because of course the pancreas is in charge of uh, you know insulin. So you wanna rule out the diabetic component with your veterinarian. Mainstream veterinarians, a lot of them don't believe that chronic pancreatitis can be cured. But looking at the dog as an ecosystem, I truly believe that it can. And I've seen it happen over and over and over again, where pancreatitis has not come up in years and years and years when a dog was having it multiple times per year. I definitely think that diet is so important. A fresh food diet can be really important for dogs that have pancreatitis, both acute and chronic. I think looking at what your dog has eaten over the past uh, few months or even few weeks, if it's acute, and kind of seeing anything new, any new patterns in your dog, what's their behavior like. I think most importantly is, you know, if you suspect pancreatitis, talk it over with your vet. And Holistic vets, a lot of them do telehealth and going over the symptoms with your holistic vet via Zoom or the phone can be just like going to your vet. They can help you figure out if you need to see a local vet right away 
or if you can do some things at home. Now, this is what I do with pancreatitis with my dogs. If my I've only had it happen a couple of times in my life, but I also recommend this to my clients after they have spoken to their veterinarian. If it's a mild case of pancreatitis, what I do is I tend to fast my dogs for 24 to 48 hours. And I give them small amounts of water and electrolytes and let everything calm down. And this is, of course, only if they don't need sub-Q fluids. If they need sub-Q fluids, bring them to the emergency vet or the vet and have them take care of that for you. I usually try keeping fluids uh, in them every few hours and normally they'll tolerate the fluids by the end of the first day. And then I work into giving small amounts of bone broth as kind of an introduction um, and then work my way into some small low-fat meals. Some dogs do well with pancreatitis with cooking their dog's diet and especially make sure you're adding those pancreatic enzymes letting them sit on the food for about 10 to 15 minutes and then serving. And some dogs prefer it raw. I like to try to cook things first and then give raw if the results are kind of less than optimal with the cooked food. Just make sure that you're giving small amounts of food. Okay, step three, I like to give herbs and homeopathy and possible uh, supplementation helping, you know, helping things along. And you can start the herbs or the homeopathy the first day, okay? And it's especially important when you have pain uh, because inflammation can cause more pain and more pain can cause more inflammation. So I like to give, give one to two doses of homeopathic aconite 200C and homeopathic arnica 200C um, again, once an hour for about three doses on the first day. And then I'll give my dog some massage in their, you know, their abdomen, really light massage. If you know about acupressure uh, points, you can use those for the pancreas. Uh, you can contact an acupressurist and they can give you some tips. Maybe you can do a little Zoom meeting. It's the PC6, I believe, acupressure point that is in the front leg. Um, but you, you know, again, talk to an acupressurist about that, or you can probably find some acupressure points online. And then there's a great book called Four Paws, Five Directions by uh, Dr. Cheryl Schwartz. She covers a plethora of acupuncture, acupressure points in the book. And I love that book and I recommend it to everyone. One thing I do want to mention is that there's an alternative theory on pancreatitis and some holistic vets uh, don't believe you should rest the pancreas and instead suggest if your dog isn't nauseous and isn't vomiting that you should feed small meals uh, and forego fasting. I'm not of that camp, but it again, dogs are individuals and it depends on the dog. So again, this is a podcast based on my practice and kind of ramblings on stuff that I do, you know, again, I think you should speak to your vet and see what the options are for your dog. I'm really unsure about feeding on the first day when you figure out your dog is having pancreatitis. 
And I've always fasted my dogs for at least 24 hours during an attack. But again, as a human, I have the right to be wrong and I can't say one way or another. I just think that during an acute attack, you really want to make sure that the kidneys, the spleen, and the liver, and the entire gastrointestinal tract are supported. I do think it's important to feed fresh food. I think it's imperative, actually, for healing the pancreas. I also believe that you should avoid high fatty meats like lamb and duck and pork during this this episode. I think that simple proteins like chicken or quail, whitefish, eggs, turkey can be utilized during this time um, when you're dealing with the pancreatitis, like pancreatitis attack. Uh, Dr. Judy Morgan has a great cookbook for dogs called Yin and Yang Nutrition for Dogs. And uh, I love this little cookbook. I think it's invaluable. It has a wonderful pancreatitis diet in it, and you can start there. I will include the link to the Yin and Yang cookbook in the show notes. Again, feeding fresh is very, very important for pancreatitis. Okay, so let's go through some more remedies that we can use. I did talk to you about homeopathic aconite 200C and arnica 200C. Those are three times on that first day, but you can also use them in a 30C potency and dose them three times a day. Now, if symptoms are relieved, then you're going to discontinue those remedies. And you can also talk to your homeopath to see if you need to continue using those. Or you can contact me and set up a consult. Or there's Dr. Blanco, I think Sarah Griffiths of The Animal Synergist. There's also a directory of homeopathic vets. The web address is theavh.org. And you can click find a vet and they're going to give you the homeopathic vets in your area. They also have a, I think like a worldwide map. So check that out. And, you know, I was speaking at a conference this past uh, weekend and One thing I did tell people is don't wait until something happens. Establish some telehealth with a great vet, holistic vet or multiple holistic vets. Establish yourself as a client. That way, when you have an emergency, you will not have to wait as long to get into them because you'll already be an established client. And I highly recommend that. There's a great holistic vet directory at yournaturaldog.com and also at the American Holistic Veterinary Medical Association website as well. So those are some good resources for establishing care. Let's get back to the remedies. So herbal remedies for pancreatitis. I like blackberry leaf. It's very good for inflammation as well as pathogenic bacteria. It helps dogs that are kind of more on the damp side that have diarrhea. Uh, Also, there could be uh, an anemic component there. I like blackberry leaf for severe 
kind of severe acute cases. And you can leave, use the leaf. You can also use the bark of the root. And even, you know, you can work some fruit, blackberry fruit in there when your dog is feeling better. A tincture of the leaf or the bark of the root can be used in like small, tiny little drop dosages. And in larger amounts during the pancreatitis attack, um, I would definitely use a glycerin extract of the blackberry leaf. Um, for a glycerin extract, I would use like four, three to four single drops for an extra small dog. And that's like a chihuahua or like a teacup dog. Six to eight drops for small dogs, 10 to 12 drops for medium dogs and 15 to 20 drops for large dogs. And then those extra giant, giant dogs, I would probably use like a mil. So like 30 drops, um, two to three times daily. Okay. Let's look at some other ones. I would definitely say that one of my favorite pancreatitis remedies is a what's called a gemotherapy. And that's more of a homeopathic solution, but it's called black mulberry. The Latin name for that is Morris nigra. And this is for chronic pancreatitis. Um, black mulberry gemotherapy, it definitely helps strengthen and stimulate the, pancre the pancreas. It's not good for acute cases, okay? This is for chronic pancreatitis. And you start out with a small dose and you work your way up to dosage. The dosage for extra small dogs, eight drops twice a day, 10 to 15 drops for small dogs, 15 to 20 for medium dogs, 20 to 25 for large dogs, and 25 to 30 drops, again, given twice daily for extra large dogs. Another remedy I like, and this is another what's called a gemotherapy, is black currant. That's ribus nigrum. You can use this for acute cases and chronic cases. And black currant's a little stimulating. So I would avoid it with dogs that have a history of seizures. Um, but it's a really excellent anti-inflammatory. And it again, acute and chronic pancreatitis. You can use it along with, I would say, any type of anti-inflammatory. It's really high in antioxidants, which is very important with pancreatitis because pancreatitis causes a lot of oxidation and excessive metabolic waste in the body. And metabolic waste just mean uh, these are types of waste that occur just from living just from your dog breathing and assimilating nutrients and eliminating an organ function. But when you have excessive oxidation, it can cause a lot of problems. Chaga mushroom is good for uh, excessive oxidation. Uh, phytoplankton is good for ex excessive oxidation. And again, black currant gemotherapy. A familiar herb that's good for pancreatitis is dandelion root. I use a glycerin extract for this one, and it definitely is good for acute pancreatitis. It's high in antioxidants. It supports the liver. You can use the regular dandelion root for pancreatitis, but I like to use the phytoembryonic therapy, and that is a like a 1 to 10 or a 1 to 20 for pancreatic attacks. If you look at the dosage, and this remedy is going to be found at my website, canineherbalist.com, or at the website Nature 
dashprovides.com. You can purchase the dandelion phytoembryonic therapy on that website as well. And studies have shown that the rootlets of the dandelion, which this phytoembryonic therapy is made from, help protect against the the effects of CCK octopeptides. And these types of peptides can be the cause of acute pancreatic attacks. What I love about dandelion root is it really does help strengthen the entire pancreas as well as the entire digestive system. And it also supports the liver. So you've, you've hit all of those bases and it's bitter. And when it does support the liver, it helps support the gallbladder as well because it helps the gallbladder release bile and that helps proper digestion of fats, which is a key component to avoiding pancreatitis. The dosage for the phytoembryonic therapy uh, remedy is three drops for extra small dogs, four to five drops for small dogs, five to eight drops for medium dogs, eight to 12 drops for large dogs, and 12 to 15 drops for extra large dogs. And those would be given twice daily in the mouth, and you can dilute them to taste with a little bit of water. Ginger root. A lot of people know ginger root. Um, I happen to be a huge fan of ginger tea. It doesn't like me, so I don't drink it very much because I'm, I'm just too warm of a person for ginger. Ginger is very, very warming. I like to give it to dogs with like a, a more of a like cooler constitution or energetics, but you could mix it with marshmallow root if you want to cool it down a little bit for an acute situation if your dog is more on the warm side. So ginger really helps calm inflammation down. It supports the pancreas. It supports the digestive system. It supports the liver. It knocks all of those boxes down. So you can use ginger as a standard infusion, you shave fresh ginger root into almost boiling water. You let it steep and cool. You strain it and give like a half a teaspoon for extra small dogs, one teaspoon for small dogs, two teaspoons for medium dogs, one tablespoon for large dogs, and two tablespoons for extra large dogs. And I would give, give this probably like two to four times a day. You can give it as fluids. You can mix it with bone broth. It really does help decrease inflammation. The next remedy is another gemotherapy, one to 200. You just look at the, the back of the bottle and make sure it says one to 200. Um, I have on my website, I have my gemotherapies and my tinctures and my phytoembryonic therapies separated. So you can find those easily on my website. And I do carry this one. It's called European Walnut, and the Latin name for it is Junglans Regia. And it's a neutral remedy. It's good for acute pancreatitis. It's an excellent therapy, like during pancreatitis and after an acute attack. It helps strengthen the pancreas. It brings down inflammation. It supports the liver. And the important thing is it helps repair mucous membranes that have been damaged by renegade enzymes uh, from the pancreas. It also helps regulate insulin in the pancreas and it balances out blood sugars. However, if your dog has diabetes, do not use herbal medicine 
with your dog unless you are under the care of a knowledgeable holistic practitioner. Okay, just putting that out there. Walnut, European walnut helps balance the intestinal flora in the microbiome. It helps normalize pancreatic enzyme production, which is very important. And like black mulberry, it strengthens the pancreas and it helps restore normal pancreatic function, okay, while it supports the digestion and liver function. So you just, it's such a great remedy and I love using this one. So the dosage for the one to 200 is it's kind of larger because we're dealing with an acute attack. It's six to eight drops for extra small dogs, 10 to 15 drops for small dogs, 15 to 20 drops for medium dogs, 20 to 25 drops for large dogs, and 25 to 30 drops for extra large dogs. For those of you out there that are not really sure what to do or what herbs to use, and you want a more broad like kind of scope product. There's a lot of them on the market, but one that I've used that I have had good success with is a product called Gastro Elm. This is a product that you put in your dog's food or you can make a gruel out of it, like mix it with warm water and syringe it into the digestive system. It supports the liver, it supports the pancreas, the gallbladder and the digestive tract. It's a mixture of slippery elm, dandelion, marshmallow, and milk thistle. Again, I've had good results with it. It's at gastroelm.com. You can contact them for more information, but I do recommend some of this product for some of my pancreatitis, like more prone chronic pancreatitis clients. Okay, so that's a good rundown of where to start with pancreatitis. Uh, if you have any questions, you can write into the podcast. You can go to canineherbalist.com, click podcast contact, and then just send me a message in the podcast and I will answer it here live. And before I forget, there are a couple of other resources on pancreatitis that you might be interested in. So the first one is drjudymorgan.com, uh, dr. J-U-D-Y-M-O-R-G-A-N.com. And you can search her site and just put in pancreatitis. And she's got some great articles on pancreatitis that you can read. Another place to find a good article is at dogsnaturallymagazine.com. Again, use the search function. Just put in pancreatitis. They've got some great articles there for treatment and kind of things to feed. So you can check out that. In fact, the homeopath Sarah Griffiths of the Animal Synergist, she wrote like a blog for Adored Beast Apothecary, which is adoredbeast.com. And again, use the search function and you can put in pancreatitis in there. And her article, Pancreatitis in Dogs and Cats, it doesn't just happen, is on that platform. So those are three really good resources for learning more about pancreatitis. Speaking of Adored Beast, they are one of the sponsors of this lovely podcast. And like Real Mushrooms, I use a lot of the Adored Beast products in my protocols. And the Leaky Gut Protocol is an excellent protocol that I like to promote. 
leaky gut can be really at the core of so many conditions, lots of skin conditions, compromised immune system, food sensitivities, gut problems, digestive problems, pancreatitis. And the leaky gut protocol that they have put together is top notch and it is very successful. I carry it in my store at canineherbalist.com or you can find it at adoredbeast.com. But what I love about the leaky gut protocol is that it's not genetically modified. You can source it back to its origin. It's 100% natural, again, sustainably sourced, cruelty-free, and doesn't include anything that you can't read and understand, which I love. Check that out. Another thing that I want to say is that I have started what I call shorts, which are these small little less than like between 10 and 13 minute, usually under 10 bites about things on my off weeks. So I have full episodes every other week. And on the in-between weeks, I'm doing these little things called shorts. Stay tuned for some upcoming episodes of the podcast. We are going to be going over herbs for the pancreas in general going to spell some of those things out and go over some detailed information about those. And we're also going to be getting ready for the fall season and going over some herbs that you and your dog can use during this fall season and taking care of our lungs. I'm pretty excited about that episode for sure because lung health is so important in these upcoming months of late October, November, and December. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dogs Are Individuals. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review in your podcast app. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So if you love Dogs Are Individuals podcast, share it with your friends and family who love dogs. This will help me so much. And remember, as a listener, I appreciate you. Much thanks to Resonant Media, my podcast production team. This podcast is produced by Drake Peterson and edited by Mike Fry. Any questions? Email the show. Go to canineherbalist.com, click podcast contact in the menu, and then fill out that form, and I'll answer any questions here online. Okay, so thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dogs Are Individuals podcast, and I'm going to talk to you in our next episode.